Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Steel Wars is returning to the Scum and Villainy Cantina on Saturday afternoon, March 10th, for a special podcast panel commemorating the finale of Star Wars Rebels, the weekend of its conclusion. Join a special expert panel to break down the pros, the cons, the ins and outs of the Ghost Crew and their adventures and react to what will be a controversial finale. And Australia Steel Wars returns to the Melbourne International Comedy Festival for three shows over the Easter long weekend. Friday the 30th of March, Saturday the 31st of March, and Monday the 2nd of April, 2pm. Tickets for all these shows are available at steelwars.com. I have managed to edit it out of the majority of the show, but there is an occasional light buzzing due to a faulty mic lead. It's such a good episode, though. I hope it doesn't cause too much of a distraction. Enjoy. Hey, you guys. Welcome to Steel Wars. I'm comedian Steel Saunders, and I do love Star Wars. And each week we find someone of interest to talk about it with. And guys, we are in New York City, a little place that I have coined the Big Apple. It's <laughs> a good one. That was, I, yeah, I was off the top of your head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah, I, I call LA the Mighty Banana. Okay. So it, it, it fits in. Florida's the Crazy Pineapple. Mm-hmm. I, I saved the best one for you guys. Yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, and we Apples are, are better than bananas. <laughs> we are at Marvel Entertainment where I have been walking around my mouth agape at the just the wall to wall marvicity of this building. <laughs> <laughs> and we are with Marvel's Jordan D. White in we're in the ant room room. The Ant Man room, yeah. The Ant Man room. We got bumped out of the Spider Man room. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the Ant-Man room, very on brand, could be the smallest room oh, in it this is. entire building. It is. I mean, the smallest non-closet room, I think. But yes, okay. <laughs> by far. We should preface. What is your official title? Well, I'm an editor at Marvel, and I edit all... I oversee the entire Star Wars line here. Uh, I also edit a bunch of other stuff right now. Deadpool, Guardians of the Galaxy, Daredevil, but... Uh, for the purposes of this podcast, for the interest of the, the people listening, probably all the Star Wars stuff. Any Star Wars book that comes out, I've had had some sort of hand in. So you're going to have you, – you've got an interesting thing because you, you do Deadpool mm-hmm. and you do Star Wars mm-hmm. and they're battling this May. <laughs> That's true. That's true. That month uh, they'll be head-to-head. Uh, in fact, they just moved uh, Deadpool up, right? To, yeah. So that it comes out first now. Yeah. Uh, wow. It's going to be my, – my loyalties, loyalties will be tested. Come on, buddy. Come on. <laughs> Just lie to me at least. I am really, really excited for Solo. I'm really excited for it. So I, I'm i pulling for it. Okay. 
But I love Deadpool. He's close to my heart, so I can't. I can't. I can't come down a hundred percent on either side. I. I'm not going to pressure you. All right. And I'm not. I, this is just my reading mm-hmm. of what's going on. Obviously, you. Um, you know, you work well ahead of time mm-hmm. on the things, and the most confident. Like I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm amped for Solo. It's a Star Wars film. Of course, I want it. You know, I want it to be great. But I think the most excited I've been for Solo is seeing the happiness on your face when you just <laughs> mentioned it. Yeah, that 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 to me was a, a visual sign of like, uh, might be pretty good, you guys. Yeah, everything I'm aware of is very exciting. Okay, I mean, I'm not obviously I'm not in. The, the filmmaking uh, departments of anything, but everything that I've, that's been shared with me makes me really happy. Nice. How good's happiness? Mm-hmm. <laughs> happiness is the best. So, speaking of happiness, we were just talking about The yes. Last Jedi before we got started. And for some people, it's, it's happiness. So for some people, less so. Tell me about you going in knew about the Luke Skywalker apparition. Yeah. Well, so, I mean, like you said, we, we, are, we do work ahead on the comics, and uh, in order to do things that tie in with the movies, as well as to, on the other end, do things that don't tie in with the movies, do things that don't, you know, don't echo the movies by accident, you know what I mean? Uh, um, at the same time as the movies, they we do get briefings on the movies, and sometimes sometimes just uh, plot outlines, and sometimes actual script reads. And um, so I knew what was going to happen in the Last Jedi before I saw it, but it like again, I loved it. I really loved it. So. Can I ask, did you find out because you pitched a Jocasta news story where <laughs> she was an apparition and they said, oh, you can't do that Skywalker No, chair. no, 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 no. They just, they just brought us in and said, now is the time to walk through Last Jedi stuff. So we just got to see pictures of Porgs and Snoke slippers and all of the, all of the important stuff. Oh, my God. <laughs> We've got a brief marvel on Snoke slippers. <laughs> Which I have to say is one of my favorite parts of the film. A film I really enjoyed, but Snoke's outfit. It was when when we when we saw his outfit, we were pretty blown away because again, <laughs> he's such an imposing figure, and there's there was a lot of hoopla in fandom about him, as you are aware. <laughs> you might be you might know about that. Um, and so we saw him in this like golden gaudy outfit, and we were just like, "What? What's going on?" And they were like, "Yeah, it's going to be pretty great." Um, <laughs> But so yeah, I knew about the, that that Luke was was projecting himself there. And oh, by the way, spoilers! I hope everybody's aware of that. <laughs> I'm I'm done. I, You're I done can't, with the spoilers. <laughs> I, I can't like we, we we people would have heard it by now. But we're doing an episode with Ronnie Chang mm-hmm. this Saturday in in New York with um with Heather from Marvel, and I don't know what's going on with him. He's like he used to read the EU and stuff, but he hasn't seen the Last Jedi. What? I guess he's too busy, like being on Comedy Central. Is he going to see it before the show? Well, I said to him, "I go, do you mind if I wreck the film for you on the show? Because this is this could be a good thing." Mm-hmm. And he goes, "Yeah, I don't care." And so okay. we're going to explain the plot to him and give him multiple choices on. So he has to guess which one is true on what happens next. Oh, oh, that sounds terrific. <laughs> So, I, but I think like if you haven't seen it by now, you're either in like like crazy circumstances, <laughs> sure, sure. Like you're either uh, fighting for freedom or have no freedom. 
But well, I, I have a three month old, so I'm lucky I was able to get to see it. Yeah, that's, you, that's kind of fighting for freedom. Yeah, you're fighting for freedom. <laughs> Um, so, so, the, so what we had been talking about was when we got to the moment uh, where Luke shows up and he, and he takes out his lightsaber to fight Kylo, I knew the truth about what it was. I, I had been told it. I was aware of it, but I was just so excited in the moment that I forgot. And, <laughs> and, and, and then my, you know, my nitpicky brain was like, where did he get that lightsaber? What? Why does he have this blue lightsaber? What is going on? And then eventually I was like, oh, God, yeah, right. I know what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I like my big thing was the ignite the green. I just wanted to see the green lightsaber. Sure, and I, I kind of thought just through storytelling, if he was going to use it at the end, like when they showed him use it at the start in the flashback, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I was like, he's not going to use that green lightsaber. <laughs> and there was like a Japanese poster or maybe a Chinese poster where he actually was holding the blue lightsaber, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which sort of got around. So I was sort of just like. I didn't understand it, but I sort of in like while I was watching the film, I was making, I was adjusting my emotions, like just let it go, sure, sure. just enjoy the film. Yeah, yeah. Like there will be a reason later. And I, I sort of when I came out, I was, I sort of like, I'm, I'm fine because I love the film and I love that he was a hero and that's what I wanted. Yeah, but I, I was just like. Ryan Johnson better be doing some interviews, better explain himself. <laughs> he did, he did. And yeah, he he's done them, some, yeah. yeah, he's done some, um, yeah, brought some good insight to why he wouldn't have used that one. You mentioned before the podcast when we were talking about this that there were, that there were a lot of clues that he was a, a, an, an apparition. Like, do, are a lot of people saying they figured it out before you're supposed to? Because I didn't feel like people would have gotten it. I mean, you're right, there are a few. Like, he doesn't really upset the dust and he, or the, the salt, I mean, and he, he looks younger <laughs> than he does on the island. He looks like the flashback Luke. Yeah. Um, but I think, I feel like it was subtle enough. I, I know my wife did not catch on until until they reveal it, really. Yeah, I don't think, I don't know. I just, maybe I'm not that cluey or something. Like, like, do you know what I mean? Like, it's sort of like, when I watch it the second time, I could go bonk bonk. Yeah, they, like, they 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 slipped that stuff in there for you. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And because I didn't really have any time to read about it, because I saw it before it came out, and then flew to Australia. Okay. And then I saw it again, like before it had come out in America. Oh, nice. So there was no like people like there was no YouTube videos. There was gotcha, no red gotcha, circles. Gotcha. Do you know what I mean? This was yeah, yeah, yeah. this was before the red circles around <laughs> the Last Jedi, and we love the red circles, and. But yeah, when I watched it the second time, I was like, ah, no footprint, no, like, and, you know, the Mm -hmm, lightsaber. mm -hmm. Uh, One of the, um, my favorite things, because I like finding out stuff and, and going, oh, I'm like, I I think about Star Wars a lot. I should have thought about that. (laughs) And it was because people said, oh, why did Kylo not click that that lightsaber got destroyed? Sure. But he got knocked out. The second he got destroyed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he wouldn't have even known it was in two parts. No, not necessarily, no. And, yeah, and, and also, he might not know. I mean, if somebody's holding a lightsaber, you can't always tell exactly what it is. It could just be a similar one. I mean, and, and Darth Vader made multiple lightsabers that looked, or Anakin, I should say, that looked pretty much the same. So yeah. There could just be another lightsaber. <laughs> wow. Listen, you, you are serving my purpose. There was a 
a Star Wars tweet, like some like did you know thing, which, and we'll get to this later. I've I I I, I do have an airing of grievances that we're going to save because we are in the, the home of Seinfeld, and um, <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna do you're gonna do a Seinfeld uh, stand up uh, complaint bit. Okay, no, no 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 complaint <laughs> bit, but this um. The uh, they did this thing like like a did you know or something, and this is something that sort of frustrates me about like the filling in the um, the mortar around the bricks of Star Wars. Mm-hmm. They had this thing where they had retconned it where, and this is on the official Star Wars Twitter account where C three PO powers down because he sees Darth Vader's lightsaber and it's in his programming to not say anything about Anakin Skywalker. That was a f- that's official canon? Yes. Well, it was post like, relaunch of this canon. Was, this was like 6 months ago. Wow. And that's news to me. Oh my god. I was like no, we just needed to power down because He's I mean, a robot. It's, it's like of all of the see because because the, the 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 one part that I think makes no sense the, that part they they covered that he's got his memory wiped like mm-hmm. they don't need to address that complaint yeah uh, the one that doesn't the one that doesn't make sense is when he says he has no idea who Princess Leia is which is like that makes no sense you are on a ship belonging to her and her father and I know you say that Captain Antilles was your master but. You've got to know who Princess Leia is. Yeah, I I don't know. Like, on that basis, it sounds crazy. But then you can just say he's told to deny everything. That's part of sure. his, like, sure. when he's lost, he just goes, I'm an idiot. I don't know who that is. <laughs> like, and, 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 Poor three for But that is a role he took to heart. I guess so. <laughs> I mean, I, I love thinking about the droids, and I love thinking about... You know how they work and what I mean how terrible they're treated in in so many senses but because the the whole question of what does it mean to have a master as a droid like is there some sort of parameters where it's like okay well when that person is your master you have to like put them before all their people and blah 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 etc etc except the problem with that is that the ownership of the droids of R2 and 3PO throughout the movies is so unclear Mm. it's constantly like Wait, who really do they belong to? Like, why would what? I mean, if you just look at the beginning of A New Hope, why does why do they stop being Miss Antilles's just because they go down to this thing and then somebody steals them? At what point does that switch get flipped? And it's like, okay, now Luke actually is our master because he bought us on the black market. <laughs> <laughs> like, why doesn't why don't we still belong to the people we belong to? And then the one place where it's a hundred percent clear who they belong to is when Luke gives them to Jabba the Hutt, who they have no compunction about betraying. They will absolutely turn. Jabba is definitely their master. Luke said, these are my gift to you. But they still call him Master Luke. <laughs> yeah. Why does he say Master Luke? Because C-3PO doesn't know what's up. He sh- he. Oh, def- he's not in on the plan. Yeah. He should absolutely be like, that's not my master anymore. Jabba is my master. I have to serve him now. And and if if Luke goes against him, he should be like, I mean, again, unless you say, well, they have way more free will than, than that. And it's like, well, then they're not treated well. <laughs> they are treated very poorly. Maybe it's like how 
like presidents, they're still called president. <laughs> so all former masters are masters? Yeah. Like okay. it's it's okay. still like, you know, you just give that reverence of like Sure. As long as he still remembers it. Mm. But it is when you think about the ownership, like the government of Naboo is meant to own R two D two or something. Right. Yeah. Presumably they own him at the beginning. And I think and I think he sticks with Padme for all of episode two. Uh, so I, I think he still belongs to Padme at that point. I remember, I don't remember if this is apocryphal or not, but I remember someone at some point saying to me that they like gave each other the droids as their wedding gift. That like, cause then after that, oh, they did do a tradesies. Yeah. Yeah. C3PO goes with Padme from then on and, and, uh, and Anakin gets, uh, gets R2 and, oh, Anakin. And also, by the way, Anakin just going to going to Tatooine and just stealing C-3PO back. And it's like, no, he works on our farm. He's like, too bad. I built him. I'm out of here. He's coming with me. So obnoxious. I knew him when he was naked, dog. (laughs) (laughs) Interesting. So these are the highfalutin thoughts that you have here at Marvel Entertainment. (laughs) I mean, I think about Star Wars a lot. So uh, it's fun. I mean, it's... uh, I, I have those highfalutin thoughts, but they don't really. It's not like they have a, we have a who owns the droids miniseries coming out, so nothing comes of it. I just have fun with it. That's because you're dropping the ball, buddy. <laughs> Let's do a who owns the droids <laughs> miniseries. It's just a, it's just a series of like documents, uh, legal documents, yeah. ownership documents. Perfect. I think user I think agreements. Gonna, I think there's going to be calls for it now. <laughs> I think you're sitting on a winner. Um, I want to see the 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 C3PO user agreement. That'd be great. Yeah. Well, I. <laughs> I I'd be more into who owns the droids comic series than C-3PO's red arm one shot. You didn't like it? I just found the whole red arm thing. If he had the red arm in the last shot of The Force Awakens, I wouldn't think about it. Right. But you've gone through... Oh, he's got this red arm, and there's going to be a comic explaining why he got his red arm. And the comic is quite poignant. Oh, thank you. And it has... It, it gives it an emotional reason, and then you go, "Wait, he just dropped it." So yeah, it's like it just like it's, the minute he gets to like not honor his friend, it's like I'm going back to goal. <laughs> Maybe he painted it. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, it's really important to him that Han Solo recognizes him. I guess <laughs> Han Solo means more to him than uh, than his droid friend. I reckon that's his best joke. You might not recognize because I Wait, was, do you think he's joking? You don't think you don't think he's clueless? I think most people read that as him actually believing. Oh no 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 no! I, I think he believes it. Oh, okay okay. But, I thought you meant you, he uh, was being funny after like, his no. comedy stylings in Attack of the Clones. Oh, my li- listen, C three PO is actually my favorite Star Wars character. Really? But, yes, but Attack of the Clones is definitely his lowest point. I I do not like the that droid factory sequence at all. <laughs> But I love C-3PO in general. He's just so much fun. I love Attack of the Clones. It's got some of my favorite moments. And it's the most maligned Star Wars film, or it was. Do you not think it's the worst Star Wars film? I mean, listen, I'm not saying... I think as a whole, it is the... Like, yeah, like, I, I mean, I, no, no, I like I all the Star Wars know. films. I think it's got the worst moments. Okay. But, like, I've learned to squint through them. Sure. Oh, I mean, me too. I There was a time in my life... Being like laying my cards all on the table, really the way I feel about all the movies. I loved the original three movies so much when I was young. The prequels, when I saw them in theaters, the f- well, the first one, it took some time to realize I didn't love it as much as as I wanted to, because uh, of all the excitement. Two and three, I saw them in theaters. I didn't ever see them 
uh, not in theaters before I became the Star Wars editor. I only saw them in theaters and was like, okay, I want to finish this. But I was like, yeah, these are not my favorite thing. Like, they're okay. Mm-hmm. The more I delve into them, once I became the Star Wars editor of the, the books, let me step back. Sorry. Uh, after I saw them in the theater, I kind of went, okay, I, I've seen the whole saga. There's not going to be any more Star Wars movies because that's what we thought at pretty much at the time. That's why George Lucas is my favorite liar. Oh, because <laughs> he always keeps saying Constantly that. lies. <laughs> he does lie a lot <laughs> oh, about that sort of thing. Absolutely. But, um, you know, I thought, okay, it's over. And I was kind of like, I'm, I wasn't that excited about this stuff. So I just kind of let my fandom kind of rest. It was like, okay, mm-hmm. I've got the things I like and you know, there we are. Fast forward to when I find out I'm going to be the editor of the books. I went, all right, let me, you know, reopen this box in my closet of fandoms. And uh, I got back into it. And when I jumped back into the prequels, and that's when I started exploring uh, Clone Wars as well, because I hadn't watched any of it. Um, I found there's a lot more to it. And now I've seen them a bunch of times on Blu-ray, and I really enjoy them, even the ones that I don't think are as good. Like, even the parts where I'm like, oh, this is not as good of a part, or like, I would have done this different, or whatever. But... They're, they're very rich and they build a lot. And one of the things I always say about them is uh, if you know them well and then don't watch them <laughs> for a while, you can make them pretty good in your head. Interesting. You can like know all the story points and kind of put it together a little bit tighter and a little bit, you know, even out the parts that you don't like as much. And you go, yeah, yeah, there was some really cool stuff in there. I just want to cynically decode <laughs> what you just said. And oh, it's no. Like, yeah, they're way better when you're paid to like them. No, no, no. <laughs> but, no but see, because that's not true. And the reason I can justify that is... I'm just teasing. Because I like a lot of things that are not 100% amazing or agreed upon to be amazing. I mean, I love watching all of the Friday the 13th movies, even the ones that are awful and that literally will make me mad to watch them. But I'll still watch them because I'm like, they're part of the whole series. Did you just do a big rewatch? I did. I and did yeah, watch all of those. Like, you- I hate number eight so much. It's just so bad. But I watch it anyway. (laughs) Well, I sort of... um, There's the Phantom Editor. I'm not sure if you know that guy. I've heard about them. I've never seen any of his stuff. Yeah, so I... um, Mike, who's who's been on the podcast, he was the, the first sort of, I guess, known... He might be the first fan editor of anything. Did it was, he do the Phantom Edit? Yeah, yeah, he yeah, did yeah. that. He did that one. I remember hearing about that. That yeah. was a big deal. Well, they were just out. selling it down the road on VHS at Times Square. <laughs> no, really? Got him in a lot of trouble. Oh, wow. Because he just made it sure. and gave it to a friend. Right. And then it just went... And like, so people were sort of getting like at... Because it was around Napster and stuff around that time. Sure, so, sure. you know, people were coming at him about copyright stuff. And he was sort of like hiding who his identity was. Right, right. And because people were selling it at Times Square and stuff. But it's like... It's but he not, wasn't making money. It's was not me. Yeah, yeah. It's like I had one tape and I gave it to a friend. And it just started... Like one of those things that got passed around in Hollywood. And then it... But nowadays people just... People do those all over and they just put oh, them up yeah. online, right? Yeah, it yeah. started like quite a, a movement. Kind of like the Star Wars Minute started the whole right. minute podcast he sort of started this whole thing of let's edit together films or you know trim films but so i would watch the phantom edit the phantom menace one and then attack of the phantom which is his um attack of the clones one and it trims out a lot of the romance like a lot of those lines interesting and but do you not don't you need those yeah, I think he just chops out a few of the... the really awkward parts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which the, I the now, creepy parts. <laughs> which I now love. 
The creepy parts? Yeah, which okay. I'll, I'll, I'll explain. But he... Like, Droid Factory doesn't exist. Nice. And because it didn't exist when they filmed... Like, when they did yeah, that principal was all filming, added in, right? Yeah, yeah. They... They, it didn't exist either. And if you see like the behind the scenes of that droid factory thing, it's just green room. Absolutely. Yeah. With Natalie Portman jumping over green bean bags, essentially. Like I'm trying to think. The only thing that happens is Anakin loses his lightsaber, right? Like that's the only thing and even that, they would have just taken it away when they caught him. So Yeah, it's just like I just I was like, I'm watching a Mario Brothers level. What is going <laughs> on? And quite I found the whole droid factory quite and I know this is weird to say in a Star Wars film, like unrealistic. Like I sure. found the just the vast assembly line and the big barrel. I'm oh yeah, like- there, there's a part. Uh, not like I know the feeling. There was a part in the first Hobbit film where they're escaping from the. I forget what the orcs. I think they're they're escaping from, and it just felt so much like a video game to me. Like in the sense, not that it was all synthetic not that it was all digital because obviously almost everything is digital mm-hmm. in lots of movies but just in the sense that it felt like you were doing a level where it says all you have to do is push the forward button and it'll be fine yeah. like you'll never fall off anything Every, all the ground will rise up to meet you and there's no threat it's just you, you run that way and everything works out 100% and it's like no that doesn't you, you need there's a there's a sloppiness to real life that Yes. That, that sometimes people will ignore when they make everything digitally. Mm. But like, I, yeah, the reason I love like the whole sand thing now, mm-hmm. and cause it used to drive me crazy. Yeah. And because I was like in love with Natalie Portman. Oh, okay. Like sure. I just adored Natalie she's Portman. She's very beautiful. Oh, Have you ever met her yet? No. No? No. Right. She's, she's doing her best um, <laughs> <laughs> to stay away. But I love the the comedy that's been made from the sand like i like oh yeah like i like there was this um girl at celebration spike that i i got to interview i I tracked her down she took a a jar of sand and got hayden christensen to sign it that's and he thought it was pretty funny and so i love like like i sort of there's something about fandom the, and, and at the moment, people a lot of people are having a lot of trouble with it. Some people are having no trouble with it, but they, they've got issues with The Last Jedi. Sure. And it's like, what do you do with those issues? Do you get angry or do you not like them in a fun way? Right. Like, like there's fun ways to not like things. I, that, I mean, I think that attitude is, is absolutely the best. And I think some of that connects to my my history with marvel as well because there do you know about no prizes no so no prizes are this thing that stan lee created uh, back in like the 60s where people would go like oh i spotted oh. a mistake i want a prize and he'd be like we're gonna send you a no prize and originally it was just a joke you won a no prize i, I do know about they the eventually idea. made like actual envelopes that said this envelope contains your no prize that had nothing in it and they would send them to people now, for a long time, they were literally just, if you caught us making a mistake, we'll send you a no prize. But eventually, they went, you know what? <laughs> Listen, guys. Now you're going to get a no prize. You, you can't just spot a mistake. You have to spot the mistake and then tell us why it wasn't a mistake. You have to fix it for us. Uh, you have to explain the continuity error that gotcha. we did. You have to, and I, I, that, that attitude is so much fun, and I love that. You just go like, yeah, you just accept all these things. You have to accept the continuity, and you accept the stuff you don't like, and you just go, let's, 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 let's engage with it. Let's have fun. There's, I forget who did it, but 
a lot of people have pointed me to these uh, YouTube videos where uh, this guy like uh, talks about what he would have done differently in the prequels. Do you know what I'm talking about? I forget which one it was. It's not the red letter media ones where the guy rips on them. It's one where he literally is like, here's what it should have been to be a good story. I forget who it yeah, is. Yeah, no, I haven't seen that one. I don't. So think. somebody was recommending these to me, and I, I started watching them. And I watched the first one, and I was like, okay, this is interesting. This is interesting. Because he's taking what they had for The Phantom Menace and going like, here's, here's ways to improve it as a story. Here's ways to make it work. Um, but then when they got to – and I was like, that's fascinating, and that's interesting, and that's what I do for a living, mm. you know, trying to make stories the best versions of themselves they can. But then when he got to episode two, what he did was he went, okay, well, I'm not working with their episode two. I'm going to start from my episode one and say what episode two should have been if you had done my episode one. And I went, okay, now I'm not interested because I like going in and talking about what exists. Yes. I don't want to just go, here's what, here's a totally different movie they should have made. Mm. Like, uh, I like, no, th- this is what exists. You have to accept it. Yeah. You have to accept just, this just, is episode two. You, this is episode three. Give me your tweaks for Attack of the Clones. Right. Episode two, Attack of the Clones, not episode two, Balance of the Sith. Right. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Well, that's why I really respect Mike, the, the Phantom Editor, because he didn't just complain. Right. He went... He's literally how I think you should have made the film better. Yeah. Here it is. It's it's not like a concept. It's not a blog or a tweet. It's like, I got the film and I edited it and now some people are going to like it more. And, you know, for me, I like the thing about the prequels is like the story's awesome. Yeah, there's there's that's what I that's what I meant when I said you could make the movies good in your mind if mm. you don't watch them as much. The, you're absolutely. There's some really great story stuff there. It's some of the execution doesn't quite live up to yeah, it. Yeah, my main the heavy effects like sometimes like I I've talked about this before. It's when George Lucas on one of the director's commentaries, brags that there's no clone trooper outfits on set. Yeah, that was surprising to me that that was the case. Yeah, I was like, "Why are you proud of that?" Yeah, who cares? I mean, you probably he probably saved. A, well, I was gonna say he probably saved a lot of money, but it's expensive doing nice right. digital effects, isn't it? So how is it saving money? Like, and you know, I know there's millions of like or thousands or tens of thousands, but you can just like take twenty, copy and paste. Or, but now, but I think that's where we are now. Like, how many? How many movies have come out in the last year where the main, like one of the main characters is not actually there because they're created somehow? No, no, no. But that's different. Like for, you know, whatever the end of whatever film, you know, like Wonder Woman, there was a big, sorry guys, sorry everyone here. But, you know, there's a big CGI (laughs) character, whatever. But But at the most of of most superhero films, there's a CGI character at the end. It's very hard to build a practical... That's true. You're but, right. Whereas you could easily you know, have built but it. But in 1976, they vac formed a bunch of suits mm-hmm, and they mm-hmm, looked mm-hmm. sick. Like, yeah, yeah. Like no one bad an eyelids. I always find it weird. It's like, point? like it's a technical achievement, but it's a lot more work and doesn't look as good. Like Tamira Morrison's head looks like a jar. Like it, it doesn't, doesn't always... look right. So, uh, some of the effects. Uh, yeah, when I rewatched, I rewatched. Phantom Menace maybe two, three months ago. And and I was kind of like, oh, you know, it, it is a bummer that not all these effects hold up. Like, I remember being pretty impressed by all of them. And some of them still hold up great. But some of them it is like, oh, yeah, this you can tell this was made when it was made and not as good as the current ones or the... Yeah. But, like, then when you look at, like, the Gungan battle, like, that's something that 
I don't know how you do that. Like, oh, practically, practically you can't. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. it's like, yeah, bang, make you know all the battle droids and all that sort of stuff. Although you know, uh, he, he <laughs> correct correct me if I'm wrong, but one of the things I liked about the way George Lucas did the um, the the all CGI scenes is that he would still treat the the camera realistically. You know what I mean? Uh, he wouldn't do any of these things they do nowadays where like the camera flies through yeah, the eye like, of a needle and jumps around and loop-de-loops and yeah. is perfect. Like he always was like, no, if we're going to shoot it like I have a camera. Here. Yeah, like a David Fincher shot where it yeah, sort of yeah, go yeah. down a pipe which, or whatever. Which can be cool, but... It's not Star Wars. Yeah, it's not Star Wars, and it, it. I think. I think it also emphasizes how. By the way, this really isn't real. Like you couldn't do this in real life with a camera, and but we can because none of this is real. So mm. have fun. The closest <laughs> he got was, um, I think maybe in Revenge of the Sith when the ship comes to a halt. Right. Yeah. Right yeah, at yeah. the camera. Yeah. Yeah. That, that was sure. that was about as because um, he sort of always had that concept of like he was filming a documentary. Sure, yeah. About what was happening in Star Wars about these droids that just had real ownership issues. <laughs> but um, I have to ask. Please. I'm in New York City. Very exciting. Just a boy from Australia, you know, looking around. I've come in here to Marvel Entertainment. Very excited. Mm-hmm. I feel a bit like Bart Simpson when he got to visit <laughs> Mad Magazine. <laughs> in New York and he opened the door and there's all like the spy versus spy or in the background stuff what like where you work Mm -hmm. like your office is intense like it is just (laughs) it's it's a lot of stuff there is a lot of stuff going on there well I I mean part of that is me because I like to plaster the walls with everything not every editor likes that but but I but everywhere you know there's statues and there's posters and there's all that stuff what is the most surreal thing you've seen happen on this floor? Probably, I mean, we, we, every once in a while we do get celebrities who come by. Kind of the probably the most like mind blowing one was relatively early. I've been at Marvel for for almost eleven years. I'm going on eleven years, so relatively early in my career, uh, Kenneth Branagh just came by, and it's not like he was making a full tour of the office but he did stop by and he complimented me on my mustache and i was just like oh my god (laughs) i cannot believe that just happened (laughs) wow props that's it's it's amazing like a a a former rumored obi-wan kenobi oh was he i didn't realize that yeah back in the day back in the day let's go back to the star what is your first memory of star wars i almost don't have one because it's just been a part of my life for my entire life my 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 dad and mom both loved star wars i mean they weren't like crazy fans but they were young people when they came out when it came out so they were very into it and as soon as i was able to watch something they started having me watch it uh I was born in 79, so I did see Jedi in the theater, but I don't really remember seeing Jedi. But I remember the... <laughs> I mean, I remember the merchandising blitz, although I don't remember... In, in, as a child, it was just like, this is the coolest thing ever. I didn't think of it in merchandising senses, but I was just like, oh my God, I've got these sheets on my bed. I've got the pillowcases. I've got all these toys of everything I've ever had. I had a stuffed uh, Ewok. I had... I, I mean, and I loved them so much. I had Star Wars and Empire and then eventually Jedi uh, taped on VHS off of HBO or or something like HBO. I think it was HBO at the time. Uh, and I watched them nonstop. Um, the first big memory I have of it is when I had a, uh, a lightsaber toy. 
It was the kind that was just a. It wasn't one of the extending ones they have now. It's just a, a a red tube with the lightsaber at the end. Did it make noise when you? Yes, it had like a slinky or something like inside a wind, of it. The wind would catch and. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, they had a, apparently a form that you could fill out. A certificate to become a Jedi, Ooh. and uh, I told my parents I didn't want to do it because if I filled it out, I'd have to fight Darth Vader, and I wasn't going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! It's cr- I love the way kids misinterpret things <laughs> and take things too seriously. Yep, yep. Here is my secret shame Uh-oh. that haunts me physically. To this very day. Oh, no. So, in my family, like, for some reason, we have got flat feet. Okay. Right? And in primary school, my brother and I, also flat-footed, would go to some, like, foot thing to, like, like give you arches and teach you, like, how to walk to make your arches come up right. Interesting. So, okay. So, I would do this. You know, we'd get told, this is how you do it to make your arch go up. But I had heard, I don't know if it was on MASH or something, that if you had flat feet, you couldn't be conscripted to right. go in the army. Sure. So I'm like, nah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not doing any of these exercises. I do not want to shoot people. That is not what I want to That's do. That's amazing. So I told my mom a few years ago, you, go, oh, you know, I... um. I never did any of those flat foot exercises. I'm going to go to the army. And because in my head, it was just like I had this yeah, drilled I, in. This is, yeah, this, uh, this was, this is gold. This is lucky. I don't know. Why are you trying to make me lose this? You're trying to get me killed? What are you doing? Yeah, that's apparently how I felt about this uh, becoming a Jedi at the time. I was just like, no way. Too dangerous. So, yeah. So I think I was maybe seven or something. And to this day, flat feet. Sorry to hear that. Well, at least you're safe. <laughs> <laughs> so your parents were like Star Wars fans. Well, like like I said, this not like they were collectors or anything, but they you know thought the movies were awesome and uh, were very happy to go see them. And uh, I mean, my, my parents are young. They had me when they were twenty. Mm. So when the first movie came out, they were like. Uh, 17 yeah so they were a very good age to go see it and go like this is awesome <laughs> what what do they think that your job now is to like i get to tell han solo what to do in between those two films <laughs> they i mean they are very impressed and proud of it I, I mean i think they are kind of blown away as am i when i really think about it i can't believe i am where i am getting to do what i get to do i mean it, if you told me as a child that i would be yeah, making original Star Wars stories and making original Marvel stories. I, I would have, I don't know what I would have said. I would have been like, I, maybe, you know what? Kids are, kids are, kids are full of themselves and jerks. I probably would have been like, yeah, of course. Because I w- didn't understand yet how hard that would be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'd be like, yeah, of course I do. I love those things. Why wouldn't I be making those things? <laughs> but, but I should have been, uh, I, I should have been more surprised than that. Always try to impress your seven-year-old self. Absolutely. I mean, I used to, I used to pretend to like have a comic book company, which is to say, pardon me, 
I wasn't like making comics. I wasn't drawing comics. I mean, I would do that sometimes, but I, w- not, I wasn't producing a, a large amount of them. I would just have fun drawing things. But I would have like a fantasy comic book company where I'm like, all right, here we're going to do this comic, this comic, this comic, this comic, and this comic. Uh, you know, they're all going to have crossovers and they're all going to do this and that. And I didn't make any of those comics, so, but I planned them all out. <laughs> so, so your fantasy was actually just to host a comics panel at Comic Con, <laughs> make some announcements about some upcoming releases, and then do nothing about it. Lots of people have pulled that off successfully. So, <laughs> yeah, I was well, I was basically being like fantasy comic book editor, uh, and so it is pretty awesome that uh, that's exactly where I ended up. It is weird that it is weird how. Things like I always loved anything that someone sort of made their own like media, mm-hmm. like like so like you know the episode of Seinfeld where Kramer finds the old Merv Griffin set and he's, and he sets <laughs> yeah, up the okay. talk show in sure, his sure. lounge room. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's my life. <laughs> is like having these fake talk shows. Sure, I've been doing making podcasts for like six or seven years Star Wars ones for um, maybe like three or four of those but yeah that my life is like to pretend I have a talk show in my lounge room that I love that well you do have a talk show this is this is a real medium now (laughs) I'm a real boy I'm a real boy (laughs) Um, and so who who, like who's your who's your Star Wars character my favorite Star Wars character is C-3PO but is that what you mean? Like, what do you? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. I mean, I just, I don't know why. I like, I just because he's so awkward and weird, and I don't necessarily think I'm anything like C3PO. I just think he's funny and fun, and I enjoy yeah. his exploits. It's it's weird that because a lot of people, you know, I ask everyone this, and a lot of people's favorite character is like aspirational. Sure. Oh, yeah. C-3PO is not aspirational <laughs> in any capacity. Uh, he he very rarely gets to do anything even remotely useful in the yeah. films. Like, so, I'm trying to think of the number of times he helps in the movies is so, low. So, you know, we've talked to all these people like, oh, yeah, I loved Han Solo. He was so cool. And you're like, I like C-3PO because in comparison, he makes me look cool. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's not necessarily why, but it sure helps. No, I, he's just... I mean, I, the fact that he's uh, the fact that Anthony Daniels does the voice for like everything certainly also helps because you always get like the real C three PO almost everywhere, which is pretty impressive. Um, I don't know. I, I really, I'm trying to think what what it was that started me liking him, but I don't know what it is. I just I just like the look of him. I like uh, like I was always very thrilled whenever I got to see. Uh, anything with him like the fact that they when he was only in star tours a little bit back in the old days it would be like oh that's so cool and then when they expanded his role i was super pumped i was like yeah he gets to come with us this is awesome i don't know he's just so cool the cool thing about him is that he's eternal Mm -hmm. like do you know what i mean like when you're in in the line at star tours and there's the you know the animatronic one like i remember the first time i was on star tours i was like see three people that's it's amazing yeah, it's uh, that, that's that it, it. I mean, obviously, there's nobody inside that, but it looks like totally legit. They they captured his movements perfectly. He sa- again, he sounds perfect because they they had Anthony do the voice, and I don't know, he's just terrific. And also, there's something fun and charming about like a cowardly character who you can enjoy. Uh, I, like he doesn't. 
like I said, he doesn't help a lot, but he doesn't hurt them mm. typically. <laughs> and he and he's like afraid for himself, and he's just like, oh no. But when you think about <laughs> it, like my comment about how you like him because he makes you seem cooler—that's sort <laughs> sure. of his role in the movie. A little bit. He makes yeah. everyone seem more heroic, sure, especially R two D two. Oh, absolutely. I mean, well, <laughs> people like to joke nowadays about R two D two having a filthy mouth and everything, but. But yeah, he he makes R two D two look great because the the very first movie starts off and you're just following these two droids and one of them is a, a, a coward and 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 kind of bumbling through everything and the other one is actually it's like no we have a mission and we're like freedom fighters and we're you know yeah it's so <laughs> like like R two's like sort of conviction it's so endearing mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like even you know people sort of sweat on. Like his use in the new films. Yeah, well, he's not in them enough, I don't think. Yeah, yeah, I, but when you think about it, in The Last Jedi, he did save the universe. <laughs> what do you mean? Which, like, which he was the one that inspired Luke Skywalker to get back into it like with the the layer like that was like he was like I'm not doing anything no matter what you say like I wish I could make you understand nothing you can say can make me like change my mind and then he puts on the hologram that's true and that's what makes him go oh yeah that's I like it got him back to I got Luke Skywalker back to basics like to bring back yeah the the the, the emotions that he had in um does Prithio get anything does he do does he he just makes some fun jokes but like I don't think he no he just he just acts like a like going yeah. don't do this I wouldn't do this she might not like that yeah. but I just found that like when he like he beamed the, the hologram awesome. and and jogged him back to a new hope Luke Skywalker. And, and and that's the thing about the film. You know, we're talking about like if, you know, when you watch the prequels, if you like just, you know, the things that you don't like, you sort of just, sure. you know, let slide. There's so many good moments in The Last Jedi. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I oh, I love so much of it. I, I, I still like Force Awakens more, but... But I'm not like a lot of the people I know who loved The Force Awakens are the people who hate The Last Jedi because they feel like, oh, it undoes all the things. I'm not like that at all. I really loved The Last Jedi. I just, I just, something about Force Awakens. And part of it is, I'm not, I'm saying, I'm talking about my feelings for them, not necessarily like the better film or anything like that. Force Awakens captured so much of what is awesome and great about Star Wars at a time when, like, I feel like we needed it most. And it, reinvigorated my love for it so much that I feel like it'll probably always have a special place for me in the same way that my, my number one favorite star Wars film is star Wars, even though people constantly are always going, no empire is a better film. Empire is like, like, yeah, it has a better director. It has better screenwriting. It has all these things, but, but star Wars is star Wars. It's, it's essential to empire that you see Star Wars like you need Star Wars for Empire to exist and there's something about it creating all of this stuff from scratch and just being the yeah. thing that we love that makes me love it most but there's a thing of like your favorite food right is not the best food no no. Do you know what I mean? Like you can go to like some high end restaurant where they, you know, like they've gotten tears of a, totally. a mountain sheep to saute. I don't even know <laughs> what I'm talking about. Tears of a mountain sheep. All but right. then you can just like go, okay, that's great, but I love McRibs. Right. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But even well, 
Yes, except that I don't think. Well, I mean, I hope that Force Awakens isn't a McRibs. Listen, buddy. <laughs> I didn't travel across the world, come up this elevator in this little room to have you badmouth the McRib. All right, it's a great piece <laughs> of food. It's got molded bone. It's dripping in barbecue sauce. That's true. All of this is true. Delicious. What about background characters? And you know, being a you know in your job, you have to um. You know, you're weaving in a lot of those background characters. Who's your favorite one to play with? Ooh, that's a good question. I, I was really... Uh, I didn't think at all about Lobot uh, as a casual watcher of the films, but I loved so much what Charles Soule did with Lobot in Orlando miniseries that that absolutely makes me have so much affection for him. And it means that like every scene he's in in Empire... I, I don't know if you've read the Lando series... But it makes yeah. every scene that he's in Empire like tragic <laughs> because it's like, oh, no, the poor guy. Um, that was pretty awesome. Uh, who else is a really fun character that I love to deal with? I mean, I don't know. Anyone that we get to do really fun things with. Uh, we, we've been we've been uh, we've been very fortunate to to be able to do a lot of fun spin-off stuff. And we also have been able to create characters. That's also the other most fun thing to do. Yeah, and I guess that's the hardest thing to do. And maybe the most is that is that the most reward like, like Dr. Afro is like I mean, Dr. So Afro I do love her so much. Um like say like what was it like the first time you saw a photo of someone cosplaying as Dr. Oh, Afro? Mind-blowing. Absolutely mind-blowing. Um <laughs> Well, uh, more impressive than that, I will say, even Afro, because now there's been tons of Afros, and it's still exciting every time. We we had a. a We're group- sick of you in no. your Afro outfits. No, you hear that? Marvel Entertainment. Not at all. <laughs> we had a giant picture with like a bunch of Afros at the last celebration, and it was so cool. But I just wanted to mention because more impressive than that was in the same issue that Afro premiered, Triple Zero premiered, and like two months later, celebration happened, and there was someone dressed as Triple Zero. As triple zero now apparently that's the that's the protocol droid oh yeah yeah i'm just like the black protocol droid can you just spray paint a c-3po or? well apparently having talked to the guy later uh he said what it was was is actually the other way around that the the it was a going to be a c-3po outfit but it was base black uh and he was like oh hang on <laughs> there's ah. a black one here i'm gonna go as that one and it looked so cool and it was so soon after uh the comic came out we were like oh my god um, so, but yeah, the f- so it's like if you came out with like a character wearing like jeans, a hoodie, <laughs> and like a bowl cut from the nineties. I'm like, I'm ready to go, guys. <laughs> When's Comic Con? I'm, I'm dressed. All right, let's we'll do it. We'll do it. We'll put it in the next issue. Love it. Love it. <laughs> um, I don't know who else are really fun like side characters. I mean, we, we haven't. I don't think we've done a ton of stories about about uh, side characters. Uh, at this point, partially because, well, first of all, we've been focused on a lot of the main characters, which <laughs> is always fun to do. Uh, but also because um, they 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 don't want us to to fill in every crevice, basically. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, if we try to go too far in, oh, this is we're doing this bit to set up this thing in the film, or in response to that thing in the film, they they sometimes will be like, all right. Well, why don't you do do a new thing instead? Like, don't not everything should d- connect directly to a scene from the film. And it's like, okay, that's fair. Um, that said, you know who I always find interesting is Dodonna, uh, because I 
part of me is always curious about why he disappears mm. uh, between A New Hope and Empire, because he's such a big deal in A New Hope, and then he's just gone. Also, uh, you mentioned Star Wars Minute. That was Star Wars Minute was one of the shows, uh, one of the big ways that I got myself back into Star Wars when I became the editor. That they they told me a full year before we started publishing that I was going to be editing these comics, and uh, my boss Nick Lowe is friends with uh, with Alex from Star Wars Minute, and he was like, hey, you should check out this podcast. They're already doing it. I think at the time when I was made aware of them, they were already at least halfway through Empire, if not further. And uh, and so I listened. I binged all of their New Hope and caught up with all their stuff. And uh, they mentioned when they were doing it minute by minute that Dodonna is the first person to say, may the force be with you. Wow. Which is surprising. Because... Because Han says it, but it's after that. He says scene. it later, and uh, Obi Wan says, "The Force will be with you always." Uh-huh. Uh, and yeah, so the first person to say, "May the Force be with you" in Star Wars is is Dodonna, which is very surprising because, especially given all of the the things we've learned from all the other films, because you go, "Wait, they're still talking about the Force in the Rebellion." Like this, this is not in response to Obi-Wan. This is not in response to Luke being like, I, so apparently my dad's a Jedi. This is just a guy going, we're going to attack this thing. May the force be with you. So like, apparently they still are thinking about the force. Yeah. Interesting. Not bad. Not bad. Does Dodonna show up in any of the clone Wars stuff? I can't remember. I watched all of the clone Wars, but it's been a little while. Yeah. I sort of, Sometimes I don't really have that connection of like, oh, that's that character sure, from, sure, sure. from from the movie. Like I know the animated character, but then I, I didn't really. Um, I drifted off. Like I I caught back up, mm-hmm. but like when I got to the the section in the Clone Wars where there was like shark people, <laughs> I was like, this probably ain't for me. <laughs> But then when they had like the like that Netflix series, like the the Netflix like last yeah, the, season the, came out and people were like, oh, no, it's really good. So I, I, I sort of watched that see, and they went backwards. Did you see the R2 and 3PO episodes of Clone Wars? Yes. The episode where they die was so emotional. I don't know if you remember this. There's an episode where they go on a mission. They get caught up in a bunch of shenanigans and they get stuck on a planet and they're just like, we're going to run out of power. And I think 3PO says something like, I always count on you to save me, R2. Like, I I just assumed you'd find a way. And they die. They just both run out of power and die. And, and then someone finds... Yeah, somebody finds yeah, them yeah, and repowers yeah. them up. Yeah. They're just droids. Yeah. But, <laughs> but it still was, like, so emotional. I was like, oh, my God, we're watching the droids just realize they're doomed. Dude, but... <laughs> all right. So take that, right? That mentality from a droid mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then apply that to my iPhone, which runs out of power three times a day. <laughs> you, do you cry every time? It's going to be so emotional. I just now I'm thinking about it. I'm like, Steel, I'm on 2%. I, I count on you to plug me back in or at least stop tweeting. Turn off. Go to airplane mode, please. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You're just abusing that guy. So how hard is it to replicate... Star Wars that, that, that like you, you like a big part of Star Wars you know is like the sound effects and, mm-hmm. and the music um, I, I did one thing I, I, I sort of really loved about the first ever issue was the pages yeah that we started that with it, the, rep- yeah. it sort of replicated a long time ago and then like I thought like I was I, I actually remember 
I was given it on my birthday, actually. One of my friends gave it to me. And I remember just going through the first three pages and going, it's pretty good. Pretty good, guys. Not bad. Not bad work. We were very happy that worked out. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that that certainly helped. Um, Being able to hear the Star Wars music in your head when you're reading them is... Uh, it, it, then you know you've really done it if mm-hmm. if you're like yeah yeah you're feeling that because you're right the the not having I mean the sound effects especially because there's so many classic sound effects in Star Wars and every once in a while we have to try to replicate them with like sound effects it- flexibility is great that's why there's yoga flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too that's why there's United Healthcare insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. It's not easy. It's not easy because, like, what? What? How do you? Type the the sound of a lightsaber coming out. Yeah, you end up like Batman, nineteen sixty six. Yeah, yeah. Newt, fought <laughs> on on the, one of the very first covers for the fir- for the first issue of Star Wars. It was the the cover, um, the cover where do you know Jackson, the the big green rabbit guy? Oh yeah, from the old Marvel from series, the old yeah, covers, yeah. who we don't use, but we did a joke cover where. Uh, he he's was trying to come in the door. He's trying like to that? come in the yeah. door, and he's going. I can hear you breathing, and the idea was, oh, he can hear Darth Vader breathing, and they're all going like, shut up. But then we went. We have to put sound effects that indicate Darth Vader breathing, and we did our best. But I don't know how how successful <laughs> it is because it's like, yeah, what do you type for that? Um, most of the time, we just don't do those those. Uh, we don't type out those sound effects. We let you see it from the visual and hear it in your head as a result. Um, for a long time, I, I haven't been doing this recently, I must admit, but for a long time, I literally would put on Star Wars soundtracks when I read every script, mm-hmm. which was fun and definitely got me in the Star Wars mood. But how do we do it? We just work with people who love Star Wars and are are so into Star Wars that they they feel it and that they can tap that Star Wars vein. Um, I think one of the... One of the um, pitfalls of Star Wars, I think, is to forget to be funny. And that's something that I don't... That's a problem that I don't have as much because I kind of like approach... For some reason, I approach all stories as humor in a way. Like, they're, they're not jokes. Not every story is a joke, but in, in, in some way, I think they are. Like, it's, when I get to a big moment, I cackle and I laugh in a script, yeah. even if it's like a dramatic moment. I'm like, ha, ha, ha. Oh, I'm, it all came together. <laughs> I am such a bizarre laugher in films. Like if something just crazy happens, like when, for instance, like Poe, like does the big, like slide in his X-wing mm-hmm, and mm-hmm, comes mm-hmm. But after he blows up all the turrets on yeah, yeah. the dreadnought, and then he comes, he does a, like a big like sort of drift, and then gets goes behind the two Tie Fighters and shoots them. Like I saw this on when did I go see Star Wars? Like this week and. I still laugh. I just start laughing because it's just like, it's amazing. And like, same right. with like, the like in, um, like I'm not a big, like, like comic, like a non-Star Wars comic reader. Sure. 
but like in like Civil War when they're just having that fight and it's just like all the heroes yeah. just doing crazy moves. Like I remember just like laughing for like during the whole thing because I, I it was just so fantastic that I just get reverted to a little kid and it's just it's just like I, I'm I'm laughing that I'm watching something sure, so absolutely, good. Absolutely, like, absolutely. Is there but a I think I think but I think the because Star Wars has that kind of like almost like operatic drama to it. Mm-hmm. I think every, every once in a while people will have the, uh, they'll get too caught up in that and forget that every movie is also fun. Mm. That, that there is always a funny moment. There's always some, some great Han Solo line or some, some Yoda acting crazy moment or some part where you're going to have fun and laugh in every Star Wars yeah. movie. Even the darkest Star Wars movies. Even Rogue One where... Everything is pretty dire most of the time. There's some fun moments that relieve that tension. And um, that is a big part of it because I definitely have seen uh, Star Wars stories that that will lean too dark. I mean, we did the Darth Vader series, which is pretty dark most of the time. But again, that's where Dr. Aphra came from. And she's funny. I have to ask, at the start of both, I think at the start of both Darth Vader's, Mm -hmm. It's pretty dark. Yeah. It's, it's pretty intense and it's great. But then there's like this wacky comic at the end. That's <laughs> You're talking about the, the little cute cartoon comic we did? Yeah, like a Peanuts thing. <laughs> and I'm just like, peanuts, but yeah, what, yeah. what is going on? I'm, 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 I'm in this, like, <laughs> this, this gripping story about the Dark Lord of the Sith. Yeah, and, and, yeah, then, yeah. and then I'm like... I've got a comic strip of Star Wars detours or something. <laughs> it's a little cute droid stories. Now, here's the thing, though. Uh, I'm pretty confident. Let me think. Let me. Yeah, every story we've ever done, including those, are 100% in canon. So even when we do funny stories, they're like, it has to basically work. Okay. We have to still be able to believe. And so you're talking about the, the Chris Iliopoulos did these uh, droid stories for us. I'm trying to think which ones we did. We did one about, we did one about R2. We did one about BB-8. We did one about uh, a mouse droid. Yes. Uh, we did one about Darth Maul's probe droid. Yes. On Tatooine. Uh, I think those are the four we've done. I think those might be the only four we've done so far. Um, they are, uh, <laughs> yeah, they, they get vetted by a story group just the same way that wow. our main stories do. And so is it reasonable to say, like, oh, it happened exactly like that? Well, maybe maybe it's been cutified a little bit. Mm. But you you have to be able to be, say, yeah, that basically happened. That all that all is pretty much what exactly happened. Yeah, I, I guess it's to your credit that I remember when I was reading the Darth Vader one. And, you know, you sort of, you have like a, a gist of how many pages are left. <laughs> so I'm just like, oh, yeah, yeah. And then I'm just like, no, no, I want more oh, darkness. I'm no, sorry. no, no, no. Oh, that sucks. Um, what, like, I guess, like, in Star Wars comics, mm-hmm. there's maybe a, f- I'm trying to work out how many different types. There's, there's just like a retelling. You know, you got the Force Awakens. Sure. You know, it, it's just like the the comicization mm-hmm, of mm-hmm. of the movie. Then you've got the like sort of maybe like the 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 mortar ones where it's like this is what happened between these two films. Sure. And and then you've sort of got like original tales where it's sort of like he's a character. It's it's sort of 
it, it's separate where it's Dr. Aphra or even, sure. you know, like Lando, it's like, you know, before Empire Strikes Back. Right, it's but not it's, really connected, but it's still a relevant character. Yeah. yeah, like, do you have, a like, a preference, like, what you find more fun? Um, Probably... Hmm, that's a toughie. I mean, because I, I, I make myself, well, make myself, it makes it sound way too fake. I love all the books we do for one reason or another. And that's because when I get an assignment, either for the Star Wars books, especially, either they're going to be ones that come from me or they're coming from Lucasfilm. And then I hear about them and I'm like, okay, what makes them something I want to be working on? What let's, let's be excited. So I love all of them because either, either, I love them when I came up with them or I found a reason to love them so that I could make them as great as possible. Otherwise they won't be that good. Probably. Um, <laughs> which one is the best, which version? I mean, pr- probably again, no offense to them, not the adaptations because they're, uh, if they're just straight adaptations, they're just not as much fun. It, it is neat to see the artist's interpretation of the scenes, but at the same time we don't get to add as much. Mm. Cause like, uh, like the force awakens one, it was pretty dry, straight up. Yeah, that one was pretty direct. I know. And then Rogue One, uh, the Rogue One one added like, more into it. Like that's what, I, like I really like mm-hmm. is when it, it's giving you sort of like some cut scenes or a different view. Right. And, and I found that like quite. Um, I don't know. It was just really interesting to look, like to read and, and go. Oh, okay. Like it sort of adds a little bit to the um to like to the story. I mean speaking of things that didn't happen, um so we did a Obi-Wan and Anakin miniseries, right? Yes. Uh, which I really enjoyed. Now Oh, I have to say the flashbacks. The 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 Sheev stuff in that? Oh. <laughs> Charles Charles Soul loves Palpatine. Uh he 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 brought Palpatine into Lando. Uh he's writing plenty of Palpatine Invader obviously and he mm-hmm. did all sorts of great he Someday he wants to do an actual Palpatine story, and uh, I hope we get to do some. It would like just that he's the main character. We'll see. Did um, did he write the one which I, I it might be my favorite comic? It was like an annual, and it was about the spy on. Oh Coruscant. no, that was Kieran Gillen wrote that one. That was a good one. That like good that one. was like like sometimes I I get frustrated with the comics that. Like the, the uh, for instance, the scene when Luke faces Darth Vader m- might have been Episode Two of Star Wars or Issue Two. It, it, yeah, I issue say. Two or Three, this, yeah, this right is, around there. Like this is how you know I'm a Star Wars fan and not a comics fan. I call them episodes. <laughs> I think it was Issue Two. I think you're right. I think I think he comes face to face with him at the end uh, of Issue One, and then yeah, I, I had I had a hard time with it. Did you? I'm sorry. Because my but we we tiptoed around it. I thought pretty good. Yeah, I know. But this is. <laughs> And like this is the thing, Gus. Like you've got your own concepts about sure. Star Wars, and and my concept is the films. Like if if like this whole galaxy happened, right? Mm-hmm. And there's this like awesome um, YouTube channel, Star Wars Explained. Alex has has been on the show, and he does this really cool the all the canon, like so like he includes all the comics, and he treats cool. it all pretty equally okay so if you hadn't seen the films or anything you couldn't really tell what was the film or not do you know what i mean because it's just sort of like it goes it treats like the darth maul comic as the same importance as a new hope nice like it's just like these are all galactic it's like 20 (laughs) minutes and it's fascinating it's it's really cool so i in my head it's always like so this all happened and then they made films of the biggest things that happened 
in sure. these people's lives. Gotcha. And then, and then uh, you know, people, they want, say, like a, a standalone film about a young Princess Leia. And in my head, it's like Princess Leia's life before Star Wars wasn't film worthy. Like it's worth a book, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Well, why, why, why is why why is a book inherently not as good as a movie? Because you can go more into like feelings and thoughts and stuff like that. But like Star Wars, like there's a Han Solo film coming out, yeah. obviously. But Han Solo's life, if you watch A New Hope and you see those three characters, Han Solo, in my mind, had. Like, this is just another day at the office. Sure, yeah. He's the one, yes, with more... And then... In the same way, that's why we t- we're doing a, a comic about Poe Dameron, because before The the Force Awakens, Ray's life is not that exciting. Finn's life is not that exciting. He's learning to be a stormtrooper. Poe's is adventurous. He's going out as an X-Wing pilot, doing all sorts of things. So it's like, okay, that's the one we can make stories about. Yes. So, like, you know, like, just say you were going to say, um, oh, we're going to do this TV series. We're going to make it about one of the Force Awakens characters. Mm-hmm. Like, you're going to go with Poe. Yeah. Because, like, Ray, it's like, I, you know, maybe I'd like to read a book about her on some adventure scouring in a Star Destroyer. Right, right. But a TV show, it does not make. Yeah, you don't you don't expect it to be ongoing and continually interesting. There, there might yeah. be some incidents, but... So, sometimes, like, when those things happen, like... Like, I sort of thought, like, the times that Darth Vader came face-to-face with Luke Skywalker, they made films out of them. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Sure, and sure. It's, but that's just, like, obviously, like, that's my... And I think now that, like, this is a weird thing about The Last Jedi, is I care less about Star Wars. I'm more passionate about it, but I care... Well, then I don't know if I understand what you mean. Like, I, I just get less worked up. Like, okay, I, I'm, okay. I'm more, like, stretched. Like, okay. I feel like it stretched my Star Wars... Um, it, it widened your horizons. A yeah. Bit. So, I'm I'm sort of like... I'm sort of just like, yeah. Like, whatever. <laughs> well, that, that... Like, I get it. But, 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 but <laughs> back then... Terrible. But back then, when I opened that page and they're face-to-face, I'm just like, what... Is happening. <laughs> well, were you were you unhappy or happy when we did the scene that he finds out that it, Luke is his son? It was one of the best pages ever printed, and he wow. cracks the window. Yeah, absolutely. Like that is like I get goosebumps thinking like it's amazing because that's a huge moment, and they didn't put it in a movie. Yeah, but it's a great. It's I, I feel like that moment enhances the films but then luke coming face to face with darth vader beforehand takes away from the films and that's just my opinion no no of course and and uh, i'll be honest with you story group uh uh was very involved in i mean they're they're involved in every issue Mm. but that was definitely something that they were looking at like it was because of the way we played it for those who didn't read it it was played in such a way that they don't have a regular old lightsaber fight that like Luke is competent at or anything mm. like Darth Vader starts trouncing him immediately uh, and and it doesn't last long and he gets to get that great moment where he goes you killed my father and he said I killed a lot of fathers yeah. <laughs> it's a pretty good line it's a pretty good line I'll give you on that one <laughs> you know there it, 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 it isn't 
it it, it, it it kind of like I don't want to say it's an anticlimax because I think it was pretty neat too, but it kind of makes you go, wait, what are they going to do this? And the answer is like, no, not not the way you thought. Like I don't know. Mm. So that's that's why we were able to get it to happen. That's why Story Group ended up going, okay, yeah, no, this works because it does. We felt it didn't take away from it. Mm. If you felt differently, you felt differently. Oh, and you know what? I, I just remembered. I was talking about Obi Wan and Anakin. I never said the thing oh, yeah, I was going to yeah, say. Yeah. No big deal. Uh, Obi Wan and Anakin. When I pitched that series, um, I actually pitched it as an ongoing series because uh, because I thought that 10-year gap between episode one and two is a really cool mm. bit of the, the timeline to explore. There's nothing really there. Uh, people don't think about that 10 years at all, mm. like almost ever. <laughs> but I don't know, like... <laughs> So ongoing, so it's like you're going to do like 200 issues of Anakin waking up every day thinking about Padme? <laughs> no! Because that's all I know that happened. That's that's all I'm told. But and you, they fall into a nest. <laughs> they fall into a nest. No, they, they, but they go on Jedi adventures. Yeah, like, yeah. Like this is where, I, I mean, I've been watching a lot of uh, Law and Order. Uh, this is where we could have done our... our uh, our Jedi procedural. <laughs> they get called out on missions. They go out. They investigate. Yeah. They, and we could have had like recurring villains. And so this this was a thing I really was was hoping to do. And um, they ended up kind of going, oh, we don't really, we don't really want to do that as an ongoing. And we ended up doing a miniseries. But back when I was first pitching it as an ongoing, one of the things I suggested was, you know, if we wanted to, we could start this series with a like sideways retelling of the phantom menace because this is a series about obi-wan and him taking anakin on as his padawan we could start it with like the obi-wan version of phantom menace where it's just the story from his point of view and like i don't want to say restructured because it would still use what was in the film but kind of like you know re-examined to tell it in a different way um, and that's something I think is a lot of fun to do. I like that idea. When did, in your mind, mm-hmm. you've thought about this a little bit. I'm sure. Whatever it is, I'm sure I have. When did Obi-Wan work out that Queen Amidala was Padme? Oh, interesting. Um, you think he knew before she revealed? I think Qui-Gon, I, I, know- I always thought Qui-Gon knew. Oh, I didn't think so. And you know, can I? Uh, no, I mean, I wasn't. I'm trying to think what age I was. So it came out in '99, right? Yes. So I would have been 19 when I saw it. And I am kind of ashamed to admit I did not see it. <laughs> I did not know. Now, part of it is because I didn't know Natalie Portman. Yeah. Like if I'd seen her in anything, it probably would have been The Professional. I think I would have seen The Professional by mm-hmm. then. But she looks a little different there. Um. I don't know that I've seen her in any other movies at that point. Mars so, Attacks? Oh, yeah, yeah, I saw that. But again, she was very young in that. Hmm. I don't know. Yeah. All I know is I went into that movie knowing that she existed, but not knowing enough about her to go, oh, there she is. That's who she is. I, I, like, and I also didn't necessarily follow casting of like, oh, I know all these actors. I knew who Ewan McGregor was, for sure. Mm-hmm. But at any rate, I went in and I just watched it and I was like, okay, oh, I didn't realize that was the same person playing oh, both of those cool. roles. I had no idea. Yeah, I think Which maybe... makes me feel stupid now because everybody's like, no, it's so obvious. I was like, oh, sorry. Yeah, I think maybe toys did it for me because I was like, she's the queen, but she's this. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. I think maybe like going, 
both these toys and Natalie Portman, they've got different names. I still wonder if there are people who didn't realize that I'm gonna Palpatine say, was uh, Yes, the there is. There are? Yeah. Wow. But Now, were they people who hadn't seen the originals or people who who had seen them and still didn't make the connection? Yeah, I think they'd seen them and they wow. just didn't. Oh, okay. It just didn't click. Well, I'm not that bad. <laughs> no, but when you go back, like, I, it's, it's like, it's rad to go back and you find like an old, you know, like sci-fi magazine or whatever. And it's like, what's going to happen to the new Star Wars? Like there was like people theorizing that the twist would be that it wouldn't end up being right. the same person. Right. And that would be like, it's, they're both played by Ian McDermott, but it's going to be like a different. Yes, like, it's his twin brother. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I'm kidding. I, well, I I remember holding on to the hope uh, before episode three came out. Rebellions are built on hope, by the way. <laughs> yeah, so I, I can never hear the word hope and not mention that. Sorry. <laughs> uh, I but I held out for the hope, the rebellious hope that episode three would reveal that Obi Wan was Luke's father. Really? Yeah. Because I well because. I mean, speaking of George Lucas lying about things, it, it's clear to me that he had no idea Darth Vader was his father when he wrote A New Hope. No. He had no idea. No, he's very frequently said, oh, it was all planned out. I don't believe that for one second. Oh, no, it's it's kind of established that it is, like, no matter what he says. There's, yeah. like, George Lucas, like, like, what he said, and then there's, like... Like facts and and like I think he said different things at different points too yeah. about how much is so so when I go back to original Star Wars and I watch it over and over again and I love it like part of me is like I mean Obi Wan is his real father figure mm, and sort of well in that movie you know like he he yeah for a day for apart a day, from that he was just like a but crazy it's a very homo over the day. hill it's a very emotional day. <laughs> Uh, and so, so I don't know. As much as I love, and again, I'm not saying this is better than the movies. The movies are all great. It, it, it all worked out terrific. But at the time, I was just, it, it, you know what? It's not like I hated episode three because this didn't happen. But part of me was just like, wouldn't that be? Wouldn't that be a crazy trick? Wouldn't that be like? It would be just like the "I am your father" reveal if it turns out. Anakin never knew that he wasn't mm. Luke's father. The, the twist that I wanted in the prequels was when Count Dooku's telling Obi-Wan about the whole plot. Mm-hmm. And he mentions Qui-Gon. Mm-hmm. And I I thought, like, because, you know, I, I always, like, cherish the memories I have of thoughts I had while watching the film for the first time. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. And I was sort of like, oh, how cool would it have been if Qui-Gon was going to leave with Count Dooku and they were going to do a more nobler exit from the Jedi than what Count Dooku, because he ended up getting corrupted. Right, right. But it was that thing for Obi-Wan to deal with was like, if Qui-Gon had lived, he was siding with Count Dooku, but then Count Dooku got corrupted and that would just add a, a weird... A lot of so Qui Gon's an interesting and also kind of divisive figure in the in the in the mythos of Star Wars because there are definitely people who love him, and then there are other people who find him super boring and are literally like just get rid of that whole movie you don't need it. Um, 
And I, I don't know where I come down on it. I mean, I, I like him in that I enjoy his role. And I, I have a lot of affection for The Phantom Menace because of, like I said, because of the big emotional buildup of, oh, my God, we're getting new Star Wars. And I saw it, like, I don't know, four or five times in the theater because I was so excited before I realized, you know, this isn't actually my favorite movie. Um, but Qui-Gon, there are those, the people who love him like to argue that, oh, he's... Uh, you know, he's the better version of the Jedi. Like, you know, all the Jedi fall, but like, you know, Qui-Gon was a rebel in the in the Jedi Order and he doesn't follow the orders and he this and that. I don't really know if I, I don't know where I come down on that because I don't feel like there's really strong evidence either way. I think they could have pushed him further in such a way where where he could have really been viewed as, oh yeah, if he hadn't died, he could have... I don't want to necessarily say stopped all of this, but at least been a much better influence. Like, for example, if he had pushed more strongly to save Anakin's mother or something like that, because one of the big problems in the Jedi, especially in, in, in terms of Anakin, is that they told him you can't have attachments. You have to give up on your mother. You, have to, you, can't, you can't love, um, which is crazy when you think about it and and led specifically to a lot of the darkest moments of his life because he his love of his mother and then she was in so much danger and then she died and he killed all those people if they had saved his mother like things would have been so much better yeah i always found like what they introduced about the jedi and they didn't do it in the phantom menace that they had like the they didn't really. Yoda says like love leads to the dark side. Basically, <laughs> like he does but, his whole path. But in Attack of the Clones, <laughs> it's sort of more pressed that they're yeah. sort of more like a Catholic priest. Yeah. They're not. No, but but they but but he's like when when he's sitting there, he's like you're you're scared for your mother, and that is a problem. The fact that you're concerned for what's going to happen to your mother now that you're abandoning her as a slave on a slave world <laughs> is a problem and might be a, uh, and it, again, it, it leads to being a problem. Whereas if they, if they could have just said, I mean, even Qui-Gon comes to town and is like, I know you guys are really nice slaves, but that's not, that's not my business. I'm not here for slaves. And the only reason he saves Anakin is because he happens to be a slave who has great force potential. And so th- otherwise he would have just been like, Sorry about the slavery. <laughs> I gotta go. <laughs> if Anakin had just been a regular kid, they would have yeah. just been like, "Yeah, too bad about that." But I was like, so, you know, <laughs> "Jedi's like seem like the coolest thing," and then like when it's like, "Oh yeah, they're like celibate and stuff." It's like, <laughs> it's, it's especially when like I think I was like, you know, I was in my very early twenties when the maybe earlier. But I was, like, going out and mm-hmm. stuff. And so it was like, hey, man, I always wanted to be a Jedi, but... Um, <laughs> You're done now. I might, might, might go for... But even Luke... So, so, I mean, that's why I... That's part of the reason I loved what happened. And, and I do like the direction they took Luke in The Last Jedi. Because I feel like the stuff that he feels in that... First of all, it's very rooted in what we learn in the prequels. So it's them kind of going, yeah, guess what, guys? Those Dukes still count. Like, mm. Disney's not going to just wipe them out like you all keep saying. Oh, eventually they'll just reboot them. I really don't think that's going to happen. Oh, um, like, I, would, <laughs> I, I would wager fingers yeah, on it. People, like, are, people, people get crazy about things. Not that I want to win anyone's finger, by the way. Right. Good point. 
Um, but 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 the fact that Luke because because in the original trilogy, and again this wasn't planned. They didn't know this because they didn't know the prequels when they made the original trilogy. But if you compare what Luke does in the original trilogy to what happens in with the Jedi in the in the prequels, he doesn't follow their rules. He wins in the original trilogy because he rejects that idea. Mm. They the, the the only two remaining Jedi say to him, "Guess what? Your dad is gone. Don't think about him. We're not even going to tell you he's your dad until we have to because we really don't want you to have attachments." Oh, you know already? All right. Well, that's unfortunate, but the only option is to murder him. So please, do you do us a favor, go murder him. And Luke goes, "No, I refuse to do that. He's my father." I care about him. I will not fight him. I believe in him. And that is directly opposed to everything Anakin was told for his entire time in the Jedi. Yes. So Luke, in becoming our ideal Jedi, uh, f- from see, watching the original movies back before the, anything else existed, was we, we now know wasn't doing the Jedi way. Which is one of the things I always say is like I've, I want like a Sith of love. That's <laughs> like why can't you have? And the, and the answer is it looks like the the world of the Force is growing all the time. Like they, they you know the the Knights of Ren are not the Sith; they're a different thing. And who knows where else things will go? Like the idea that you could go, wait, why don't we just embrace emotions, but just not the bad ones? <laughs> why can't we do that? Chill out. <laughs> what is what is love motivated force? Uh, We've only ever seen it lead to bad things because it ends up going, oh, getting corrupted by fear and and hate. But maybe there's a good side. Yeah, I, I think that whole thing, like the basic premise is when you have so much power, you have to be as selfless as possible. Sure. I, I think that's the, the core thing and maybe it got a little bit too over-explained. Maybe? Probably. But you, but you know what? Again, I think you can headcanon that by saying, yeah, that's the core thing of the Jedi too, but it became too bureaucratic. And we're seeing them thousands of years into their power. It probably started with people going, let's just all be nice to each other. And like, hey, we'll be like the the guys who follow the niceness rules. And eventually there too many rules got written down and they were like, oh, well, you know, if you like one person more than another, you won't be able to follow the rules. You won't be able to you know, police them as well. And I was like, all right, well then I won't like anyone. I'll just be completely impartial. And it, it eventually you, you get to Anakin. But you have that scene in Attack of the Clones where Anakin wants to jump out mm-hmm, of the mm-hmm. thing to go after Padme when you right. know, the greater good is to go after Count Dooku. And not that it worked out that good for Anakin following that. But yeah, neither one of those was the greatest option in mm. the world. But um, before we go, it's oh. been awesome chatting. Oh, wow, wow. Yeah, sorry. I feel like we've, we've, we've gone on a lot of uh, tangents without actually ever going to the, the main stuff or anything, didn't we? Or- Star Wars is the main stuff. Yeah, okay. okay. That's I, great. For strangely, a prequel-heavy discussion. Yeah. There's a lot to talk about <laughs> yeah. about them. Well, because what are we going to talk about about the originals? They were great, right? Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> sorry. I have to ask you, please, about the genesis of the mostly android, lightsaber-wielding Mon Cal with the cape. <laughs> I need the backstory. Oh, gosh, what was his name? Oh, man. Why can't I remember his name? He's, you know, he's pretty dead now, so I can't remember. Uh, so, basically... Uh, when we started the Darth Vader series, uh, we wanted to... Kieran uh, was setting up the idea that 
of a group that we we called Vader's rivals. We can't just have Vader walking around unopposed, uh, being the best he does, the best at everything he does all the time. We have to at least set up what appears to be credible threats. Here's here's someone who could in some way. Oh yeah, I get that. But why did you have an why android that- with a Mon Cal head? <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about the credible threats later. <laughs> well, so basically, Kieran was just like, let's come up with a a, a group of crazy things and we went one of the on the list of crazy things was you know uh, a a you know well a bunch of other things and one of them was something like general grievous and why not make him a monk <laughs> like it was not that complicated it was just the idea of like uh, again the other ones were all like augmented in other weird sciencey ways too they, I, these were all leaning towards crazy future science rather than force mystical stuff. So we had the, the twins who, who all had force like abilities, but they were all secret, not secretly, but they were all like actually cybernetic augmentations. We had a, uh, a big uh, creature uh, that was really operated by an AI. I think was, was, was there an, a rancor with the, with the AI brain at one point? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, we had the, the, the woman who had the, all the little pro, the little ball, the probe balls, mm-hmm. uh, void gazer, I think we called her, uh, that that had like little lightsabers coming out of them, and then she could control them all with her mind at the same time. And then, yeah, there was one we were just like, how about a, a, why why don't we have a general grievous? Like that was a cool design. Why was he the only person to use that technology? That was effective. And so we went, all right, we'll get another one. And uh, I'll tell you, in uh, Vader down. Uh, which is our big uh, Vader and Star Wars crossover where Vader took on like a zillion rebels all at yeah, once. Yeah. I, I like the title of that one because it's like contrary to like all the times he was up and happy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Vader down. You're not always so cheerful. Um, but he he gets, as I said, he gets trapped by the... He, he, he thinks he's going to find Luke, but he actually is comes face to face with a giant amount of rebels that he is alone in taking on and he is manipulated by this Moncal into that he he's the one who feeds the bad information that leads him to that and uh at some point he does come and show up to gloat about it and or help kill vader and in the original script he shows up and he's talking about what 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 he's done and he's like oh yes i manipulated here it's a trap and they were like, no, <laughs> he is not. He is not going to say it's a trap. And we were like, no, but it's perfect because it is a trap. And he set them in this trap. And it's, it's, he, he's explaining that it's a trap and he's going to say it's a trap. And they were like, no, 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 that's not, that's not happening. <laughs> George, what are you doing? <laughs> um, yeah, that one was like, what? Is this thing? It looked like they Hasbro have got those the the mashes where you get all the different characters. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And you can see if you just take off uh, Grievous's head and put on an Akbar's yeah. head. That's basically him. I'm interested in as someone that never read comics when I was growing up. Okay. I don't know why. I read Mad Magazine. Loved the it's Mad fun. Magazine. Loved that. But I never really, for some reason, I I don't know if they just weren't 
You just weren't into superheroes, I guess, you know? Well, no, I, like if there was other media, oh. I'd be all about, like if there was like Super Friends on TV and, 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 and sure. like all the films and stuff, like Superman the movie, like oh, loved all one. that stuff. And then as soon as all the Marvel films came out, like, you know, from Spider-Man onwards, I was just like, I'm, I'm going to see them all. And so I have this thing, this sort of like lightheadedness that I go to watch like an X-Men film or whatever and I don't know how it was portrayed in the comic. So I'm not like, you know, people complain, you know, which is fine. It's like, oh, that's not how it was in the comic. Sure, like, sure. you know, Kitty Pride didn't do this or whatever, whatever, whatever. <laughs> and I sort of not having read any of the comics, I'm just like, oh yeah, but it was pretty sick. Like how she was in the film. Like sure. it, was, it was, it was rad. And like, I, so I get to like watch the, I, I feel like I get to enjoy the film on this real naive just blissful level of just like I'm just watching it I didn't know what the original Civil War was about like whatever but having never read comics and sort of like the the style of comics or the storytelling I wonder like sometimes I wonder if like when I read the comic it's like oh are you not getting Star Wars or am I not getting comics uh-oh. All right. So I'll give you an example. Sure. The um What's the droid um Triple O's little friend? BT1. BT1, that's it. I knew it was a B. He at one point goes to threaten someone and all these cannons pop up yeah, behind him. It'll come out of him. And man. it's like a TARDIS-like thing where it's like <laughs> How do they all fit in there? Sure, there's sure. There's no way they could all fit in there. <laughs> And am I just not reading comics properly? No, that just means you, you you're not into that beat. I mean, that's fine. You you, you just don't like the moment. I mean, now we'll, we'll I will say that's less original Star Warsy, but it's a little prequely. Like, thing could pop out of nowhere in the prequel world. You got you got rockets coming out of R 2s legs. That how did those happen? Yeah, but you're not using an example that like. <laughs> I'm like, oh yeah, I love that bit. That's like, <laughs> you know, everyone's favorite moment when R2 sprouts rockets. Yeah, well, I should point out that in that um, Attack of the Phantom edit, mm-hmm. yeah, no rockets, no rockets, no rockets, no rockets. Well, how do you do? Oh, that's the next movie. I was going to say, how do you do the beginning of three? But that's three. Yeah, I, I, any time, but to, oh, but then they use rockets. I was like, yeah, I don't like that bit either. But um, <laughs> I, uh, well, don't worry, he doesn't have them anymore. Hopefully. Um, well, there was like, there was a Hasbro toy, like the new R2-D2 that came out for The Last Jedi had rockets. No. And I was just like, oh, don't do it to me, Brian. I thought we were soulmates, buddy. I thought we were like brothers with Luke Skywalker. But yeah, so like sometimes I sort of think, am I just not understanding the medium of comics? I mean, that example, I don't think that that's that. I think it's just you, you didn't like what we did, yeah. <laughs> which is also fine. Um, but comics, that being said, comics are, uh, you do need a certain comic book literacy to, to read comics. It, like they've done, people have done like studies on it and it's not as simple as just giving someone a comic who's never seen one before and going, just read it like this. Like it takes different ways of thinking. I mean, at this point I've read so many comics that I'm trying to think of like how I even read them. Like it's just so ingrained in me. I, I I mostly focus on the words and like the pictures just kind of like 
flow around it, the words and and kind of create a little movie in my head while I mostly am reading the words. Uh, like I don't have to take. Whereas I know beginning people have to do a lot of real specific focusing on like. Okay, what is happening in this picture? Let's see. Do, 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 do. All right. And what is this guy saying? And what is that guy saying? Like, the more you read them, the more automatic all of those processes get. And uh, and you can just kind of breeze through them. Because, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm sort of like... I remember when I started reading them again. Because mm-hmm. I, I, I read, like, the original Dark Horse, like, you know, Dark Empire and all that sort of sure, stuff. Sure, sure, sure. And then as it sort of went off, I sort of you know, drifted away sort of thing. Um, but yeah, I remember reading like when I get the comics and I loved the whole, the thing that I really enjoyed about when you started making them again was the actual thing of going to the comic book shop and the dudes have your comics and yeah. they know you it's and fun. they ask you about what you thought of the last one and it's like all right see you next week yeah it's a it's a fun community to be part of uh, when it, when it when it's when it's at its best yeah yeah cuz i sort of like like the internet's the best like i love it mm-hmm. but i do miss the like the old school thing of of going to the collectible fair and and chatting to the dealer and- so before i worked at marvel well, actually, the, for like a year before I worked at Marvel, I was actually working at a comic book store. But before I worked at that comic book store, I was just an insane person who reads way too many comics and spends way too much money on comics. And I was of a group of maybe three or four people who would literally go to the comic shop like as they were putting the com- getting the comics ready like we knew what time we could start buying the comics and we would like go like an hour early and all just sit around and like play cards and talk about comics and and just wait for that moment when we're allowed to go buy them like i was definitely big into the the wednesday comics uh, uh, community and it, what the, the part that blows my mind even more was i would read that entire stack of comics that i would buy i i used to buy i shouldn't say this out loud but i'm going to do it I used to buy $100 of comics every week. That's absurd. <laughs> Anybody who does that, thank you. But also, I'm sorry. Like, that's crazy. <laughs> um, uh, but I would also then read that entire stack of comics that night. Wow. And that was while I was in grad school. So I have no idea how I was doing that. Nowadays, I have a giant stack that I'm like, oh, God, I, when am I going to catch up? At any rate, yeah. No, it's a wonderful. It's so much fun to be part of that and to go and, and talk to people and people who are really excited about the stories that's and and the best shops are the shops that really foster that and that get people excited about comics and will engage them about yeah them. that might have helped because i was going to a shop called all star mm-hmm. which is in melbourne and they would they're just like super nice like the opposite yeah. of comic book guy yeah yeah and, and like no yeah that's the worst that's the worst of the comic stores that are like that yeah the, or, or the places that will like insult you for what you buy like oh you're reading that it's like no that's that's not a good store don't do that but yeah when, but, when but you can find a nice like, place oh, are you giving me money because of that it's like, <laughs> it's like why stock it then you hypocrite don't be like if you're gonna stand by it don't order it in if sure. you're gonna like have this like vibe ugh um yeah, like with, like I, the stories I like you telling more is, like that that story of of like Sheev and the the undercover thing where it's mm-hmm, sort of mm-hmm. like a separate thing, like that makes me then appreciate the films more. Like a, a lot of times when you do the machinations with the. Um, 
all the Imperials yeah. and all their like, like how like Darth Vader um, was like getting dissed by everyone because he let the Death Star like, oh, you're the only one that survived. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. You know, like, like, like that then when I watch A New Hope, it add, like it adds to it. That, I mean, that's what we that's what we ideally are trying to do all the time. We, we we really try not to ever do anything that takes away from them. And obviously, our success is up to the opinions of our readers. But yeah, absolutely, that is always the goal to to enrich what you already love. At, at some point, somebody asked me. Somebody wrote in. Maybe I can't remember if they wrote us an email or if they tweeted at me. Going, I I'm I'm not a Star Wars fan. What comic should I check out of Star Wars? And I was like. No, you should watch the movies. <laughs> like if you don't if you're not a Star Wars fan, don't don't read the Star Wars comics. Not not like you're not welcome to. Of course do that, but I, we're assuming that you like the Star Wars movies when we make these. Start there. That's the place to go first. <laughs> well, that's someone tweeted me today and they're like cuz we just put up this the the panel that we did with like everyone back in LA sort of, you know, a month after the mm-hmm. last Jedi and sort of, you know, going through it all with um with Kyle Newman and and, and Bresnikan and stuff and someone tweeted me today saying I'm I'm not a Star Wars fan after seeing The Last Jedi should I still listen to this and I'm just like well, if you're not a Star Wars fan why do you want to listen to it yeah no like, <laughs> and, and it, I, I find it so weird that 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 conceit that because how many so that's the eighth film so there's nine films there's nine Star Wars films mm-hmm. and you didn't like one of them so you're not down anymore? like Right, right. I mean, there's going to be another one in less than a year. So maybe you'll like that one more. And then there's another one a year and a half later. And there's probably going to be more, mm. more than likely. That, that's the thing about the Star Wars film. It, the, the more there are, I, to me, it makes it, a, it puts a little bit less pressure on every single one of them. Because it's like, there's, guess what? Relax. There's always going to be more Star Wars. Oh, that <laughs> has to be the case with the prequels. Like, like, John, I mean, yeah. there's, there's people that just, you know, just love them, love them, love them. That's, yeah. you know, that's what they grew up with. But I think, like, now that it's not half the Star Wars, mm-hmm. like, now it's, like, a third of the Star Wars, sure. it's, it, it's, there's less pressure on them to be flawless. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, because we, we started with these three films, which, why they ha- while they have flaws, we were in no position to judge them at the time. And they were perfect, like, they're the best sure. things ever made. Yeah. But I'm wondering with, like, the things that I'm after is more that sort of machinations and and not so much Darth Vader coming up against the three heroes like that. Sure. That, well, I mean, we haven't really done that too much. Too much. Yeah, I mean, but we is, did it a little bit in Vader Down, obviously. And but is there sort of like like and that, is, well, that's is, also is, one of the benefits of giving Darth Vader his own book? Yeah, is because because that's the thing. Uh, you do Darth Vader is one of the best villains ever, if not the best villain ever. Like, he's certainly up there. So the idea of we're going to do all these Star Wars books, but because we can't really... Because Darth Vader really encounters them in Empire, we can never see him. It's like, oh, well, that's... That's depriving us of the coolest thing. Like, Mm. one of the best parts of Star Wars. So that's part of why we did the Darth Vader series originally, to go, well, we're going to do Darth Vader stories, but we're going to tell him from his point of view. And again, that was also... Also, to me, embracing the prequels because the prequels are Anakin's story, and so now we get to see well what what does what happens with Anakin's story during the time when we weren't following him when he was just we didn't even know it was Anakin when we first saw it. Um, but what, what I'm sort of wondering is like because I'm not a comic book person, sure, and 
I, I'm guessing... Oh, you can tell me. You probably know this. Uh-oh. Do the majority of people that buy Star Wars, like, just buy Star Wars, or are they buying, like, other comics and Star Wars is in their mix? I think, I th- I, I think it's a split. I think there is both. I think there are definitely people who do just buy the Star Wars comics, and there are... And there are Marvel comics fans who go, I don't read the Star Wars stuff. I just buy the regular Marvel stuff. But there's certainly a huge crossover uh, as well who who buy both. Yeah. Because um, I'm wondering, like, does, like, sorry. like I'm me, and that's my opinion. Sure. Do you know what I mean? But do the majority of, like, I was wondering, like, do the majority of comic book fans, it's like, well, if it's not Darth Vader... Like and Luke Skywalker, I don't want. I don't want to know about Darth gotcha, Vader. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Like doing this, that, or the other. I mean, it's definitely true that I, I don't have statistics on exactly like the breakdown of who is who is buying everything and for what reasons. But what I have is which books sell and which books don't. And when we make books about characters that everybody knows from just watching the movies, those ones sell way better. Mm-hmm. And the more famous they are, the better the book sells, basically. Yeah. So. You know, uh, Doctor Afra is selling. Doctor Afra is doing pretty good, especially that because she's a new character. Considering that she's a new character, but I think she is, doesn't sell to as many people as Darth Vader does because you walk in, somebody could walk into a comic store and go, "Oh, there's a Darth Vader book. He's great. I love him. Grab it." Just from seeing the movies, you need to be you need to already be s- steeped in some lore to know Doctor Afra or to know other characters that we don't necessarily haven't necessarily done series about so far. Uh, if we were to do a Pondo Baba series, you'd have to go, Oh, I know who that is. And not, your casual star Wars fan doesn't necessarily. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas if we do Lando, it's like, Oh, we all know Lando. Great. What of all the things that you've done that you've added to, you know, the Canon, what, what is your favorite little, Insert. Um, my favorite insert. My favorite thing that we've added to canon. Oh, well, it's not really added. That's that's returning to canon. Mm-hmm. Uh, the fact that we made it officially true in new canon that Luke was called Wormy. I was really excited about that. I was really excited <laughs> about that. Uh, he, he was officially called Wormy by his friends on Tatooine. I'm glad we didn't let that fall through the cracks. That's pretty dope. That's pretty dope. <laughs> Jordan, thanks so much for your time. Uh, how can the good people of the internet follow your adventures? Uh, they can find me on Twitter at Crackshot with a zero instead of an O. And uh, they can also find me on a podcast I do called Sailor Business, which we uh, we recap and discuss every episode of the Sailor Moon 1992 anime, uh, which is way fun, me and uh, Chris Sims. So that's on Twitter at Sailor Business as well. You can check it out there. And then they can buy every Star Wars comic because I'm my name's in there. <laughs> you just want copies of Jordan's name. <laughs> now, you're the first person that's gotten to uh, answer this question after The Last Jedi. Okay. All right. Endless stories. You're part of it. Mm-hmm. Endless stories, you know, movies, uh, TV shows, comics, novels. Mm-hmm. What are you either most looking forward to or most want to see happen oh. in Star Wars? Um. I, I like I said, I'm so excited for Solo. I I really, really, really think it's going to be a lot of fun, and I cannot wait to see it. Um, the other things that I really want to see happen. That's, 
that's toughy. I I'm 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 ex- very also excited for the prospect of a new trilogy by Ryan uh, that isn't part of the saga. The idea that they're going to build some a big Star Wars story that isn't the Skywalker story. Uh, it opens up a lot of potential, and I have no I I know literally nothing about it, but just the fact that it's something they're trying to do is like oh that that opens so many doors and, and unlocks so many new directions things can go it is what i was begging for them to do i think it's like the most like creatively brave thing is just to like we're just going to start from scratch mm-hmm, and, and mm-hmm. build a new thing and imagine in a few years time mm-hmm. you'll get taken into a meeting and mm-hmm. you'll be shown the new villain slippers <laughs> Exactly true. (laughs) Can't wait. Thanks so much, mate. My pleasure. And may that force be with you. And with you. Hello, beloved Patreon supporters. How are you doing? I hope you enjoyed that really fun episode with Jordan D. White. And uh, we've still got one more New York episode up my sleeve. And I've still got to put up that Sarlacc Pit episode as well. So uh, we're sitting on some content here. It's very, very exciting. Um, If you want... Actually, I'll post it on the Patreon when the links go up. But we're going to have video clips from the two last live episodes hitting YouTube pretty soon so uh hang about for those it might be fun to watch it with all our facials and i'm gonna try do more video stuff i am recording the video q a tomorrow so that's very exciting that will be up in full exclusively for you guys on the patreon and i'll put it up as audio as well but yeah, I have to work out how close I can get. The, I think the video will go up first, then the audio. No, the other way around. The other way around. The other way around. But I'm going to try and make it as close as possible. So, because I know, I, are you one of those people that like, I want to watch the video? Well, this is, I, I watch another show. I watch a few skateboarding shows on video like that. I'm not sure if watching me talk is going to be that good. But people ask for it, so we're going to do it. And then one ep- one like question from each show, I think, we'll put up on YouTube for other people to listen to and enjoy and hopefully get them into the Q&A show. Hey, um, I should tell you, if you don't already or you haven't checked it out, you haven't had a test, my other podcast, I Love Green Guide Letters, is back for 2018. We just recorded a really fun episode in New York with my friends Scott Dooley and Jason Chatfield, and we're meant to review the complaint letters from the TV Guide. It doesn't always work out that way. Mainly, we just want to amuse each other with dumb comments. Um, Yeah, so check that out uh, at ilovegreenguideletters.com or on iTunes or wherever you get podcasts. All that good stuff. Um, That's about it. That is about it. I um, I just hope you're enjoying the content. Uh, the call-in show will be this Friday, that normal Friday time. And uh, Araj from The Sith List will be joining us. So I hope you can um, listen live or listen later. 
I just want to be listened to, guys. But it is fun to be listened to live because then we have more callers and all that good stuff. Also, check out the latest episode of Making Star Wars is Now This Is Podcasting. As I'm back on with Randy, Sal, Jason, and special guest Raj to break down all the week's Star Wars news, answer the pod people questions, and have a pretty good time. You can get that as well as all the Making Star Wars Podcast Network podcasts at makingstarwars.net. Thank you guys so much, and may that force be with you. Hey, you guys, if you've stuck along with the episode for this long, then we're obviously doing something right. So tell the world by going onto iTunes and leaving us a sweet five-star review. It bumps us up the rankings, vouches to other potential listeners that we're doing good stuff, and also makes your host feel warm inside. If you have a couple of seconds to spare to post one up, I'd really appreciate it. And I will see you on the next episode. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you.